Hey everyone, we just wanted to pop in to formally thank you all for joining your girls weekly for a little shenanigans and some shea butter for your soul. We also would like to send a personal thanks to Anchor. Without Anchor, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and continues to help us produce quality episodes every Friday. Anchor has everything you need to make starting a podcast as easy as possible. You don't need any fancy equipment or a computer to record your podcast. Anchor's creation tools allows you to record and edit your podcast in one place. Oh, and we can't forget to mention that it's free. They also distribute your podcast for you to places like Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Anchor also provides sponsorships so you can make money with minimal listenership. And who doesn't want to make some money? So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey lovies, welcome back to episode 4 of the Shenanigans and Shea Butter podcast. Your favorite ladies, Kaylin Elizabeth, Mia G, and Brianna Nicole, are back to give you your weekly dose of shenanigans in the world and provide you with some shea butter for your soul. This week, we are tackling the latest in pop culture and talking about a haunting topic that we all have experienced, imposter syndrome. At the end of this episode, we hope that you are inspired to love on yourself a little more and celebrate the gift that is you. Now, let's get to this episode. Hey ladies, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you guys? Pretty good. I feel like I've had a pretty productive week. Pretty good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about my (laughs) way. Sis went to the ER. Oh. Listen, sis thought she was having a heart attack. Oh, no. And that's not good. So, had to take myself to the ER, practice some self-care, and, you know, focus on me for a little bit. So, now, you know, I've learned to sit down, chill out, don't do too much, you know, relax mm-hmm. a little. But that was, like, literally the highlight of my week. Well, that was Monday. Wednesday, I busted my tire. I don't know how that happened. Oh, you know what's funny? So I had a slow leak in my tire too, and I mm-hmm. come to find out I had a nail in my in my tire. Really? Yeah. They didn't have to replace it, but that was worrisome. So we both had tire problems this week. I too have a slow leak in my back tire. Shut up. I've known about it for a while. <laughs> I kept like, putting air in my tire and it kept, I was like, okay, well maybe I should <laughs> I really need take to care of this. together when it comes to this car of yours. But no, I was like low-key being fat, trying to eat a cookie and drive at the same time. <laughs> and I think I hit like a pothole or something sharp. I don't know. Because if I saw, I sent you the picture. If you look at it, it looks like somebody just took some scissors. And like cut a hole around. Like, cut, like you busted the tire. Like, yeah. but I was on like, mm, I was on 169th when that happened. Ooh. And I pushed Bella, that's the name of my car, y'all. I pushed her all the way to like 13th and Buchanan. By yourself? By yourself? No, I drove her. Oh. On that tire. Houses. That's why it looked. I got messed up your rim. I got faith. The size of a mustard seed. I said, Jesus. (laughs) You know what it is. (laughs) Jesus, let me get as close to home as possible. Listen, I'm driving. People looking at me like, what is wrong with her? 
Does she know her karma stuff? Like, my hazards are on, okay? Do you have a spare in your trunk? Okay, so funny story. I pulled over in front of this man's house. He was like, can I help you? Mm-mm. And I was like, oh, my boyfriend's coming to help me. He was like, do you have a spare? I was like, no. And he was looking at me crazy. And I was like, why is he looking at me like that anyway? But I wasn't too far from my house. So I called my mom. I was like, look, my kind of broke down. But I got these sandwiches in the car. <laughs> I was like, can you come put, uh, pick up these sandwiches and put them in the fridge? Because I'm going to be mad if my sandwich get messed up because I didn't risk, I didn't risk it all. Risk, risked it all. Yep. The braces? Or the braces, the retainer. All of what it. kind of sandwich, though? It was the Jimmy John's sandwich. Oh, Jimmy John's is trash. And they're expensive. It could have went, so, went in the garbage. Well, listen. Well, what'd you put I wasn't on? going to Firehouse. That's what I really firehouse. wanted. I've only I been to firehouse, firehouse once, and it was okay, and then I never went back. Firehouse is delicious, firehouse. but... Uh, the I one in Monster played me because they closed and didn't tell me they was closing, so I've been stuck with Jimmy John's. But she pulled up <laughs> and she was like, Where's your spare? I was like, I don't have one. She was like, You dummy, you do have a spare. It's in your trunk. I was like, There is not a tire in my trunk. Get the like, lift up, up the little flap. How about I never knew that thing even moved? <laughs> she was like, Take all of the stuff out of your trunk. I'm like, Okay, but it ain't no tire in there. I'm trying to tell you. And she lifted it up, and boom, there was a tire. I felt dumb, but needless to say, got my tire changed. Baywin bought me a new tire for the car, and I still got to eat my cookie and my Jimmy John's. So That's good. That I genuinely do not have a spare tire, and I do have that little spot in the back where a spare tire should go, but I was going to have to pay... I was going to have to pay extra for it. At, when I went to go buy my car, they were like, for an extra $125, you can put that spare back there. And I was like, uh-uh. no, if exactly. I was like, if I ever need a spare, like, you can go to anywhere to change your tire. And right. you can probably get, like, a tire for, like, $50. You can. I'm not sure. about. 48 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Get, like, a used tire. Yeah. Throw it on there. But yeah. that's bizarre that they wouldn't include it. I feel like that's a safety feature that should come with all cars. Nope. They said. I never nah. knew. I was stunned. I was like, it's been a tire back here this whole time. I could have been home with my sandwich. That was my thought. <laughs> well, like I could have been ate the sandwich, too. Ladies and gents, check your trunk. Yeah, that's a tire flat. in there. To make sure that you have a tire back there because you might think that you do and you actually don't. And it's equipment in there to change it. And that's like a new thing that they've started to. I do. Well, you know what they gave me? They gave me that thing to pump your tire back up. The electric thing. They gave me the air pump. Okay. Um, Jinx said he wanted to be on an episode. Hey, Inky. Why do I keep calling your cat Jinx? I don't know. Probably because he's black. Probably. Inky is Brianna Nicole's cat. He is just the cutest little thing. He's my little baby. He's like the perfect black cat for the season. I know we're rolling up on his time. I'm he ready was... for Hocus Pocus. Okay, well you know where his name comes from. Yeah, Thackeray. It was Thackeray Inks, and I was like, my whole life, I'm like, I'm gonna get a black cat, and I'm gonna name it Thackeray Inks. But when we went to the shelter, his name was already Inky, and that was just too cute. Yeah. So I was like, we'll keep it, but we'll do Thackeray Inks, like and we just call him Inky. Name? Yeah, the yeah. official name is Thackeray Inks. He's so cute. He's very, very good. And something that's funny actually is. <laughs> Last Friday the 13th, he was actually really bad. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> How dare you? How did Relax, sir. I'm but this sure year, he was really that. good. We had a talk, though. I was like, look, you cannot act out today. <laughs> I know what you want to do, and you cannot. Oh. It's a state of shine, though. I'm talking yeah. out every day. 
Ivy, if you're listening, stop cutting up. <laughs> She's like, I run the house, so right. I do what I want. Yes, but it was great catching up with you girls. But let's move into some shenanigans for the week. Yes, so this Brooklyn Target showdown that happened, if you guys missed it, there was a woman and her daughter shopping, and there was another woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who was trying to reach something on the shelf, something or another, and the child was in the way. And instead of asking the child, you know, excuse me, or asking the mother, you know, hey, I'm trying to get to this on the shelf, like, she reaches over the child, like, hovers over the child to get whatever it is off of the shelf. And rightfully so, the mother reacts and goes off. And there was a whole I wish I could have seen. Yeah, I ensued. wish I could have seen the lead up, though, because that was, like, towards... Like, they were already walking away from each other. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked to see how mom addressed it, like, first. I'm assuming she didn't come out the gate, like, I'm going to pop you. Like, that was a, right, I think right. there was some sort of lead up that, in the conversation, I think, went left. I yeah. think the woman probably. Got offended that she had the audacity to To tell her, her not to do <laughs> that, please. mitigated gall. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I've told you guys, I've already told you guys this story, but I'll tell the listeners because it's just honestly, it's too funny. So I feel like that lady, my mom wouldn't go off like that. Well, maybe if she was, it depends on who it is. Because like for her kids, I think she definitely would. But there was an incident when I was pretty young. I was probably like, I don't know, maybe like four or something like that, five. And we were at the mall and uh, we went to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom. So I'm proceeding to walk through the stall door and a woman bursts through the bathroom and like I guess she was literally about to have an accident but it doesn't matter she bursts through the bathroom and like kind of like knocks me out of the way into of going into the bathroom and so then my mom proceeds to open the stall door (laughs) and take her out and say did you see what you just did and the lady was like oh I'm so sorry I was getting ready to have an accident blah 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 my mom was like uh, you apologize to my daughter. Now. Right now. Right. Because that's, like, very rude. It is. Like, you wouldn't do that to a grown person. Yes, no, you yes wouldn't. they would, though. I don't think so. I've People had, do. I've never had any person reach over me. Maybe it's because no. I'm little. I was literally in Walmart, <laughs> like... only, like, two inches shorter than me. Right. May, I don't know, but maybe... I was in Walmart, like... Two, three weeks ago, maybe, when the school supplies were still out. Yeah, that's why you need to stay at a Walmart. Anyway. Anyway. And this man, like, literally was right behind me, like, reached over my head and grabbed something. And I'm just like, am I invisible? Mm. Did you confront him? No, because at that point, I hadn't already taken my trip to the ER and discovered, you know what, I'm going to start practicing my self-awareness and use my voice and communicate when I'm not here for the shenanigans. So at that point, I didn't say anything. I just stood there in shock. because so I was like, wait, did that really just happen? That but people do happened. do that to like grownups. And Maggie think- used to fuss at me when people would like bump into me and I'd be like, oh, sorry. And she'd be like, why are you saying sorry? They bumped into you. It's like, you know like, what? That's a good point. You're right, sis. You are right. I you did bump into me. So now somebody bumping into me, I'm going to say, excuse you. <laughs> I think that goes back to just, there's certain like general, like, like house 
like training type things that I feel like people miss yes. over the course of like their childhood. And I, I don't understand how it happens. Like coughing without covering your mouth. I don't know who told people that was appropriate to just like literally sit out and not even attempt to cover your mouth or sneeze or sneeze. Yo, at the gym this morning, y'all. This man on a treadmill next to me literally coughed all over the machine. I would have pushed him off. All over. You gotta go, sir. You gotta go, sir. I got like five more minutes and I'm stuck and I'm inhaling and it's hot. I can't not inhale all these germs, all of them. And it's hot, so you know they're like festering festering and like so like that or like reaching around people and not saying excuse me yeah. it's just like basic like human manners, cur- manners like, that you learn space yeah like, that I you learn everybody is enti- everybody's entitled to their own like personal space like i feel like there's like a certain like extension from your body that's like your personal bubble yeah, yeah. and it should be common knowledge across everywhere yeah like, you just people, don't invade that space right but people don't think like that in they really don't they don't they really don't i'll even go as far as to say like or i do do this like if you're at a grocery store or something and you know the aisles are kind of tight as is like there's only enough room really for like two carts to like mm-hmm. pass each other so if someone is looking at something and i have to like pass them i'll say excuse me yeah because right. like i know what you're doing and i know i'm getting ready to block you right. so i'll just say oh, I'm sorry, or, like, excuse me, and, like, move forward. And they're usually like, oh, it's fine. But, like, common courtesy, I feel like, is just to do that or do those yeah. kinds of things. So I I feel like there's obviously, like, more to the video, and I think that that woman was trying to play a role. <laughs> Not going to say, yeah, she was literally trying to play the victim role. And because I think there was probably more of a lead-up than yeah. what was shown. Like, I think their interactions were more... yeah like there was probably something said and then the woman probably got defensive and then tried to clap back for something where you all you had to do was say oh my gosh i'm sorry and like move on and like i'm sorry i didn't i want to say i read somewhere that she actually ended up getting charged for harassment or something i saw that yeah Yeah, like the lady recording yeah Yeah. which it serves you right because you at this point that at that point you're antagonizing because the woman was trying to walk away and leave the situation but you are the one who's still spouting off at the mouth. Like, of course, we all have, like, autonomy and, like, but, you know, it's hard. Like, you're baiting me in on purpose. Especially like, when it comes to my that. child. Right. Like, yeah. child. like, look right. at your child. She looks scared. I can only wonder what you do to her Because she knows exactly what her mom would do to you if <laughs> she like, wasn't that's here. That's what she's afraid right. of. Right, that's what she's, she's afraid of. She's afraid that mom is popping off. She doesn't want mom to do something and get, in tr- and get in trouble. Yeah. Like, oh, I can only imagine which, how you behave at your house if you behave like this in public man you asked i honest to god you know that you asked for this and then you wanted to get that certain level of like entitlement where yes. people can do and say things and then if you respond they're like oh my well that wasn't necessary well what wasn't necessary was what you just said right. so i'm just rep- replying but I feel like that's also just like the black woman's play. You really can't be upset about anything because then you're just doing too much all the time. Yeah, you so. can't be happy. Yeah. You can't be angry. You can't be tired. We just got Can't be depressed. Don't bring that one up. That was, depression's not real. No, 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 no. That's Everyone else can be day. depressed, but not you. Listen. But speaking of women and personal opinions that are made to be a global thought let's talk about sis fantasia she 
got a lot of slack this week because I'm going to tell you exactly what she said. Because I personally don't think what she said was that bad. But we'll talk about it. So she said real to, I think she was talking to DJ Envy. Yes. And she said something to the effect, no, end quote. This is what she said. Real talk. I salute that because we need more of that. We need more men to stand up and lead the way. Most women are trying to be the leader. That's why you can't find a man. You can't be the king in the house, fall back and be the queen and let your man lead the way. So I salute you for that. Now, women, black Twitter, all of everything. And I want to be very clear in who she was referring to. She wasn't referring to all women. She was referring to specifically black women is who she was talking to. Why do you say that? Because I don't feel like all women get the stereotype of being like, like you're doing too much. You're trying to be the leader. I don't feel like all women get that stereotype. I think it's specifically black women who get that stereotype. I mean, I agree that. Like wishing your mother happy Father's Day. <laughs> Look. Goodbye, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for another day. Okay. Oh, so right. I, but I think that, I don't think she was like, black women, this is why you can't find me. I really do think she was talking to women in general. But yes, I feel like it's more applicable to black women. We can't just assume she was talking to black women. We can't Even assume. if she was speaking to all women, though, like, because I think, I can't remember, I just lost my train of thought. I don't know if you said that in this quote, but she said something to the effect of, like, that's why y'all can't keep a relationship now because y'all always trying to leave. She said, that's why you can't find a man. Right. But, I, but I agree with her. Not from, like, a religious aspect. I was just about to bring that up. You not because of that. Fantasia's background. I mean, yes, yes, but I also agree with the statement in general, even if you take religion out of it, because what, quote-unquote, separates a man from a boy is their ability to lead. And if you Says cannot... Says who, though? America. Society said, said that. Society <laughs> said that, though. Like, yeah, but everybody say... was like, Says you can't impose your religion on everybody, but she wasn't. But you okay, can so your thoughts and say like that's, that's why you a, can't find a man. Like since you don't know why I can't find a man, I, have I a can, man, but right. you can't say that's. <laughs> I got one too. Hey, boo. <laughs> we all have men, but I feel like we are also leaders in our own way. Like I feel like in certain situations, and I think Amanda Seals touched on this too. Like in your relationship, like there are certain things that like each partner is better at leading it. That's that's my whole thing. I don't disagree wholly with what she's saying. I think her underlying message, I think she could have said it better. I think her underlying message was, we both can't do the same thing at the same time. Like somebody at some point, someone has to be submissive. And I think submissive gets interpreted negatively. I think there's a negative connotation associated with being submissive, but it literally just means like backing down sometimes. Like, you can't do it all, all the time. Well, so I wonder if like, the word yield would be a better... Maybe. Yield means prepare to stop. <laughs> Not necessarily. Yield can also mean that it's about to... Giving way to something else. I mean, so sure. like, but, but wait, my question is, though, because people found what she said problematic, but if you were just able, like you just did, to sit, think about what she said... And to think about the intention of what she said and how she meant it, why is it an uproar if you understand like where she's coming from? Like you're, I agree with what because she I said, think I just words are da- how she said it because I think words are dangerous, and I think that not everybody is going to in, like look 
deeper into what she's saying. I think a lot of times, especially with social media, we kind of just take things at face value. And I think that the way society is set up, women are also all, all sorry, women are already looked at and are expected to be in a more submissive role. Now, yes, there are going to be times where you're gonna have to just like be a little bit more submissive and kind of like take like the passenger seat or maybe like the backseat, whatever, however you wanna use that phrase. But there's also times when men need to do that too, but they're never told that they have to do that. It's only women who are told, look sis, sometimes you have to check it. And you're right. When sometimes you, like you do check it. Like Mia said, there's some things that I might, like for example, with me and my husband, there might be things that I know more about in a particular area than my husband knows. So if you don't know as much as I do in this particular situation, you should just let me be like, look, I think this is maybe what we should do. And then we can talk about it and you can be like, okay. Or like, if you don't agree, we can talk about why, but like taking a step down. But I think women can be leaders as well and men can be leaders, but like, why is it always, and that's also a lot of pressure on men too, I would like to point out as well. That's a lot of pressure on men to always have the right answers all the time. And that's also not fair to them. You can speak up and have some answers sometimes too, sis, because- that's a lot of responsibility so, on him. There's actually a term for that, and I'm sure the two of you would be familiar with that, accepting influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, so, got me. Oh. Come through. We talk about God. John and Julie. <laughs> Shout out Sponsor to this podcast. <laughs> right. You always you have the money. money. <laughs> Send us a coin. <laughs> no, but I think, I, I think you're right. I think men tend to struggle with accepting influence from right. their female partners. And of course, I, I want to clarify that we are talking about male, female, cisgendered, heterosexual relationships. Of yes. course, this looks different when you talk about, you know, male to male partnerships or male, female, female partnerships or even polyamorous partnerships. It's yeah. a little bit differently. But I think that whole accepting influence from your partner, men tend to struggle with that because they do hold this role. They're kind of conditioned to. I have to take the lead. I have to be the provider. If I'm not doing it, then I'm not filling my role um, that, in the relationship in this family. I That is my whole being. That is my work life and me being a provider and being able to make decisions is my whole, it's tied to the way I view family and my relationship. And when that cognitive dissonance comes in, that creates a lot of depression in men. Come on. Like a lot of, dissonance. Hey, hey, like when we get our, a lot of times, I'm sure you guys can attest to this too. If we have like individual male clients, a lot of times, the depression is linked to not necessarily meeting up to the narrative around men. Like, um, I hurt myself and so I can't work the job that I used to work and so I'm not bringing in as much money and so now I don't know who I am anymore. Okay, but my thing is, first of all, I stand Fantasia all day, every day. I I, like Fantasia. I know, and I agree with what she said from a religious aspect (laughs) and from a non-religious aspect. But if you continue to listen to the interview, she talked about her relationship and she said in her relationship she is the neck and her husband is the I have head. a comment about that as well i'll let you finish though he can't go left or right without her so i feel like being a leader isn't like <laughs> making decisions <laughs> i'm sorry brianna's face can you turn your hell out of neck no you okay just, you okay just okay shoulders okay and you're right but i want to know <laughs> look but i also want to know why a woman's influence we have to like in an like surreptitious way influence our men we can never just be like hey 
think that's the right decision. No, that's, like, what, that's what that means, though. Like, a partnership is, like, your like husband you knows to come to you and talk about Your head does not know to come to your neck to, like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't like have a conversation it's just something that kind of like your body get, has a conversation i get what she was trying to say but i feel like anytime it's like oh yeah well i'm the neck and he can't make any decisions without me or or a common one is you make you just let him think it's his decision i was just gonna say that like you suggest it and it's like why can't i just be like oh, that was not a that's not well, a good idea and him well, be like well tell me why well, it's see, not a good idea and then we can talk about see, it no everybody so i think it's dangerous when you do generalized like blanket mm-hmm. statements like and that's why you can't keep a man well so you don't know why matter her but like I'm not mad at her. Everybody buying Steve Harvey books where he trying to tell I me how to don't, be a woman. I also don't buy Steve Harvey. Harvey. Listen, I'm See? not talking about okay. Steve Harvey on this show. I refuse. I refuse. Steve Harvey can shut it. Listen. I don't follow Steve Harvey well enough. I, we have had multiple conversations about Steve Harvey. They have very strong opinions on him. I could take him or leave him. I don't follow him well enough to like have a negative opinion. I just wonder I like why, why is it easier for most women to receive not I'm not gonna say criticism but to receive like self-help from men because they're men but when women give women self-help information it's like Nasus, you can't tell me Steve Harvey's problematic as well like let's Derek Jackson like people buying his books but that's because we we view men as more competent than women right they have that authoritative for whatever reason, that norm still stands that they're authoritative, so therefore they must know because they are. I think it's important for couples to have those conversations yeah. of what they're, their viewpoints are. Yeah, what works for things. you, do what works for you. If that works, that's cool, and I genuinely don't see anything wrong with it. Except if you're happy partner, with it. Accept your partner with where they're at. Don't yeah. try to change them. Don't be like, well, she needs to submit if that's not what she's about. And also, what do you mean by that? Because I also think that a lot of men say that and they literally mean like, you don't give me any input. You don't talk. No, I, I make all the decisions. But that's not what that means. <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's a lot of people's interpretation of submission. I think that we need to all do a revamping of like what that means. And also talk about with your partner, what do you think that means? Because we might have differences, differences in perspective on what it means to be submissive no but i think i think meaning making is very important for couples i love doing that with my couples because people will literally say the same thing and mean two completely different oh my gosh and it's so funny i've had couples come in who um the definition of i this is kind of off topic but on the same topic come in and say like what cheating is or what infidelity is oh it's all over the place they'll be like you like that girl's picture on instagram that's cheating they're like that is not cheating I didn't touch them. Like, I don't even know. Yeah. Her. I don't so, even know. Them. Moral of the story: Have a conversation <laughs> with your partner. I don't know if anyone um, saw it. They put out a new. So ever since the um, the incident that took place, um, honestly, the mass murder that took place at Sandy Hook, they have now started putting out promotional stuff. Sounds like a bad. That sounds right. like not, that's not the campaigns. right word. Campaigns. Yeah. Um, awareness they, campaigns. Uh, yeah, awareness campaigns. And they recently put out a video um, that was basically talking about back to school since it is back to school season. And it was different kids talking about like, you, you all have seen those back to school commercials where it's yeah, like shoe commercials yeah. and like, yeah, my new shoes. But 
it's tied directly to things that are happening for a school shooting. Um, so it was kind of, you know, it's heartbreaking to watch, honestly. It was really sad because it's like, oh, I got these new shoes and it'll help me run really fast. And it's like a kid literally running from a school shooter. Or like the last scene in the video was a girl um, talking about like her phone or something. Like yeah. That. She, got she got a new cell phone. She finally got her first cell phone. And what she's doing on that cell phone is hiding in a bathroom, texting her mother that she loves her. And then someone's opening the door. So they're very impactful emotionally. And of course, that's what they're intended to do yeah and some people don't like them they think that they're too much and some people like the impact and the message that they give i personally think that it's important to see stuff like that i think it was i think it was the right amount of exposure and awareness raised um and that commercial it kind of said it's it's been stuck with me since i watched it last yeah. week um so me and my fiance, we will go to the shooting range and we will shoot. Um, we don't shoot rifles, it's always handguns and it's for protection. We are both 40 card holders. Um, but I have never heard the sound of an assault rifle until this weekend. And that is all, I like it was too much for me. You know, I didn't tell him that at the time because you know, we were enjoying ourselves or whatever and you know, practicing, you know, hitting the target and things like that. But I heard that and I asked, you know, there's always somebody back there with you, like, just in case you need help, like, right. loading the guns or anything right. like that. Um, and I'm still learning. I'm a beginner. But I heard it and I can't even describe, like, it sounded like a cannon went off. Wow. Like, yeah. it was, like, even, like, now, like, I'm not going to cry, but, like, it makes me tear up thinking that I had, so when you go in there, you have the earmuffs on, you have the glasses on for protection. And I'm like, the sound I heard with the earmuffs on, I can't imagine sitting in English class. And hearing that And hallway. hearing that noise yeah. boom through the school. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, is that what they heard? Yeah. Um, me and my husband also went to um, a shooting range. There's one out by us. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like, I've never personally been around guns. Like, um, my mom never had one. Like... I think my grandfather had one, but, like, I've never, I've personally have never seen it. Um, so that was the first time, like, me actually ever, ever touching a gun, mm -hmm. ever seeing a gun in person like that, ever shooting a gun. I was so scared to even shoot it. I, it's, it's an experience, and I, I don't know, I feel like it brings a whole different level, like, a whole different perspective when... When you've experienced a gun, I guess, and that, I don't know, maybe if I sound like an amateur talking about this, but it, I mean, it's holding scary. a gun is different. Um, you know, even this weekend, like, I nobody was hurt or anything like that. I shot towards the target or whatever, but I was having issues with this one particular gun, the, um, the what do you call it, the clip or whatever. It, it, didn't, load, it didn't load correctly. It gave okay. me a lot of resistance. Um, so it would jam. So I'm, you know, kind of struggling with it or whatever. And I went to pick it up and it went off. But luckily, like, towards the target. And Ooh, I, when I tell you... I would have sued somebody. When I tell you, I this barely This is literally why I could gun. never have a concealed carry. This is exactly why. Listen, when I tell you I barely touched it and it went off, I was just like, oh, mm -hmm. it, scared, it scared the hell out of me. Guns are really scary, did. honestly. Yeah. And I don't feel... So I have, like... I think like a middle perspective on guns. I do firmly stand by the fact that no civilian needs a, 
assault right like a assault. automatic like yeah. an automatic or a semi-automatic you don't need you that, don't need that. Don't like need what that. do you need that for nothing let me know what you need it for and people like to always bring it back to the constitution you can bear arms but there's a reason why we have that in the constitution let's talk about the times that not we uh the times that america was in <laughs> during that time period they had just broken away from britain britain was probably like we gonna come back over there mm -hmm. and start some stuff up and so they literally needed it and how many people were in the united states at the time so like that's why everybody had guns it's because they were the army so if something were to happen they needed guns to do that right. if you guys genuinely think that you can rebel against the government at this point in time you can't i'm sorry to say that your gun even the automatic weapon you have they have something more effective way stronger than mm -hmm. anything you could ever do so even if you had that assault rifle it would do nothing against the government at this point right. like we can't we're not at that point like it's a nice sentiment that like yeah i'll protect myself from the government it's a nice try yeah. like but i understand having like maybe like a handgun Right. Or I guess people who like hunt. I guess I don't. I love. mean that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Like hunting like you're not using something that sounds like that. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. So like I those two things I get it, but like the need for, like, I don't, I don't know gun names, but I think I would even, and I mean I don't know I'm still playing around with this in my head, but me and my fiance talked about this. She knows we were talking about you know what that sounded like because he had never heard that before either. Um, I was like, you know, even, you know, people who were in the military, you know, granted there was no dishonorable discharge or anything like that. If they want to have them and just as leisurely shoot them at the range, I feel like I wouldn't even have a problem with that. Like not for them to necessarily keep the ammo, but like the gun itself to bring to the range or just, 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 just to shoot them at the range. I feel like I wouldn't even be pressed about that. I just don't feel like any regular civilian needs to have something like that one and i feel like this is i'm going to say why yeah. i'm more open to somebody in the military having this is one they're trained to use these weapons yes you know yeah. we're not talking about billy next door that thinks they're cool and has never fired a gun before yeah but now he wants an assault rifle yeah because it's whatever reason i'm not even going to go into any i'm not even going to give a made up reason and honestly god if you read these manifestos of some of these mass shooters they only want a gun for something bad like mm -hmm. there's never any like well i just had a gun and like i guess I'll, no they actively went out and took that gun from someone or bought a gun for the purposes of harming people and i think we want to do everything except address the actual issue. Mm -hmm. Why is it that Canada and Mexico, since every, since everybody wants to say horrible negative things about Mexico and the people who come from there, how come they've had like, I think it, there were some statistics and they had like six mass shootings in like a year and we have like 500 in like six months. Mm -hmm. Like they have different regulations on guns. Yeah. And I think we need, and I don't know why people are so like, wouldn't you want more safety around guns? But there's money involved in the gun market. Yeah, and the people involved. who are higher up are the ones benefiting from this. But 
coincidentally, they're also the people who would make the decisions on Mm -hmm. that. So how do we keep our kids safe in school? Have that talk with them. Yeah. It's one of those unfortunate things where it's like, there's really nothing you as a parent can do to protect your child from someone else's child. Right. Beyond like being aware of your surroundings and... My thing is, where do these kids get these weapons from in the first place? Parents. Exactly. Yeah. Parents, put yourself up, lock it up in separate places at that. Yeah. But then you have the parents sometimes, they're like, well, they know not to touch it. Yeah. Well, obviously they don't if it's happening. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just be aware of your surroundings and parents really like take an honest to god good look at your child if they need help get them that's okay and i know it's like a hard it's a hard process to go through the acceptance phase of like okay maybe my child needs a little more help than i thought that they did or what i would have liked for them to need and i get that that's like a whole that's a whole grief process and i understand it but you got to do it because it's not just affecting your child, which, I mean, you should want to help them, but now it's affecting other people. Like, if your kid is making certain comments, if you feel like you're worried about them in their isolation, if you know that they're depressed, even if they're just depressed, get your kids some help. Like, depression's not fun. They're not happy. Right. They're not just being a teenager. Oh, they're just being a moody teenager. Like, even if they are, don't you want some them to have somebody to talk to right like because they're not talking to you mm-hmm. and that's fine that's normal but like you want them to have somebody to talk to take a good look like be realistic about your situation and genuinely like look into help yeah that's okay michael jackson it look at the man in the mirror starting with period. him period Talking about the man. That was I was looking at the man in the mirror. Was it? Yeah. I'm asking him to change his ways, though. That's that's fair. But I think that's really important. And I want to clarify that um, we were talking about school shootings. Obviously, there are other mass shootings that have taken place in our country, and that is a whole different topic. Um, And other issues rooted in. There is no reasoning behind those shootings, but they're other rooted issues, in racism and white things. supremacist ideology. But right. So terrorism. that's why I want to clarify. Terrorism. We're talking about school shootings. Um, so that is that. If you have not seen that commercial or that campaign awareness ad, um, I encourage you to go have a look at it and reflect on it with your family and friends and with yourself, because this is a very real issue that we are dealing with in our country. Yeah. Absolutely. So that has been our shenanigans for the week. Um, and now it's time to transition into our Shea Butter topic, which we announced at the beginning of the show. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome today. So if you are listening right now and you're thinking, what the heck is imposter syndrome? Your girl is here to tell you. So imposter syndrome is a term coined by Susan Imes and Pauline Clance somewhere in like the 1970s and it's defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success and when they coined this term they really thought that only women 
experience imposter syndrome, but with research and more time, we know that imposter syndrome impacts everyone. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure we touch on this because all three of us have had our own shared experiences and different experiences with imposter syndrome. Um, so today we're going to talk about the five types of imposter syndrome. How do you silence your inner saboteur? And we thought we would be a little candid and just talk to you about some of our experiences with imposter syndrome. So as far as our five types, our first type is the perfectionist. And I will be honest and say she is me, me and she. <laughs> Definitely a perfectionist. Um, and it goes hand in hand with imposter syndrome. So a perfectionist sets excessively high goals for themselves. And when they fail to reach that goal, they experience major self-doubt and worry about measuring up. So it's kind of like when you pull yourself out of imposter syndrome and you really think about it, the perfectionist really sets themselves up to feel like a failure sometimes. Um, but we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but also perfectionists can be control freaks, um, which I am very much so guilty. Sorry, ladies. Um, we feel like if we want something done right, we have to do it ourselves. It's not because we don't trust other people. It's just, you know, nobody can do it like I can do it. Mm-hmm. Again, guilty as charged. I just read myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, friends. The perfectionist. Mia's going to tell you about Superman or Superwoman. Yes, so Superman, Superwoman, and I am guilty of this myself. That's exactly why I had to talk about it. I thought about that. I'm like, did she just try to read me? I did. I did. (laughs) Yes, but um, so Superman or Superwoman, um, this is a person that struggles with work addiction. Um, this person work, 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 work. <laughs> yes, like Brianna would say. Um, this person may feel inadequate relative to colleagues and continue to push themselves as hard as possible, regardless of the consequences on mental, mental, physical, and emotional health. So this is the person who cannot sit down, always has to be working, always have to have a million things on their plate in order to feel like they're being productive, like they're contributing. Um, their work and contribution is also is oftentimes tied to their self-value their self-worth and it's like if i'm not doing 110 percent all the time in all these areas like then what am i Mm -hmm. right what what value do i have why why am i needed Mm -hmm. so yeah that's superman or and or superwoman syndrome men do this too the other is the natural genius. And I feel like I struggle with this as well. Um, Precisely. That's like my trigger. I feel like she's also me. me. Me is also she. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's hard yeah. out here living with imposter syndrome. Listen, so the natural genius, um, this, these are the people who they need to appear as if they are just naturally gifted. Like things just come easy. It just comes natural to them. You know, these are the people with the high achievements, the straight A's, the awards, the accolades, all these other things. Um, I always kind of frame it as, you know, the kid that did well all throughout elementary and high school, valedictorian, not necessarily valedictorian, but always been straight A's. Um, undergrad, always been straight A's, always did well. And then for me, get to grad school and be like, I don't know nothing. <laughs> and then feel some type of way when you don't know something, feel like you just... Yeah. You're just maybe I am dumb. First day of grad school, I felt like an ant. I was like, wait. Listen, listen. How did I get here? 
I remember talking to um, and our listeners who come from our program. I remember talking to Joe about this at some point before he retired. I miss you. Shout out to Dr. Joe Wetchler. Joseph, um, come yes. back to me. <laughs> I miss you. I remember talking to him about this, and I was like, you know, I'm like, I feel like for the whole first year of this program, my grad program, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I feel stupid. I still don't know what's going on. I'm doing an extra year. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like this one really speaks to me as a person. At first, I feel like, I mean, Look, grad school will bring out the imposter sh- syndrome in you, like, hardcore, yeah. right Quick. out the gate. You'll be <laughs> like, day. excuse me? So, like, I think that the perfectionist and the natural genius, they have, there's a lot of overlap. Yes. Um, there's a lot of overlap in a lot of these, but, like, especially those two, there's a lot of overlap. I don't necessarily think things have to be perfect. I understand that they can't be. Mm. But I do, like, like I've always done well academically. I've always been kind of, like, looked at as, like, the smart person. And so if I don't do something right or I don't know, then I'm like, oh, it's just because I'm stupid. Like, yes. not, like, it's not just like, oh, I just don't know that. It's like, oh, no, you're just dumb. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, me, that's enough of that. <laughs> like, relax. But it, it is difficult and yeah it's it's difficult um negative self-talk is like a real thing and Mm -hmm. unfortunately i think in those of you who have like you know maybe gone on to grad school or like phd like shout out to y'all because that phd is looking further and further away (laughs) (laughs) uh because this master's program is kicking my butt but um i think we can all attest to the kind of students that we were Mm -hmm. and the fact that negative self-talk kind of fueled you as a person like that is how you carried yourself and that's how you got to be in the place that you were it wasn't just like good things like a lot of it was you (laughs) saying bad things like thinking negatively about yourself or like well you don't want to look stupid so you better and it and it's so it's such a weird thing because if I, it's like a, I want to feel like I naturally just did that. Like, I really don't, that's why I don't really, the perfectionist thing, because I'm not going to, like, do too much to get there. Right. But, like. Oh, I do the most. And see. Uh, I nope. that. <laughs> Excuse um, <yes>. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to do the most to get there. I just want to be naturally good at it or naturally better than comparatively I guess to like whoever I feel like my peers are and I wouldn't even categorize myself as like a super competitive person because I'm not going to do the most to like compare myself to you in that aspect but I just want to be naturally good at it and if I'm not just naturally good at it then it's like the worst thing possible it's like I don't want to sit there and look stupid right I want to be able to sit there and hold a conversation and be like I got input I know terms exactly I know what I'm talking about and I don't get it exactly and if I don't I'm just not going to say anything I'm just going to be like, because I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to, if I don't have anything to say about it, I'm just like, I can't prove if that's right or wrong. So I'm just going to not talk about it at all. So it's, it's a really weird, it's really weird. Mm -hmm. And at first when you brought this up, I've heard people talk about imposter syndrome and I knew what it was, but I never had the feelings of like, I'm going to get caught, like, how did I, like, yes, how did I get here, but not, like, someone's going to, like, realize, and then I'm going to be, like, 
caught and like kicked out or something like that. I've never had those feelings. But like once I found out that there were like multiple types of imposter syndrome, I was like, oh, I identify with (laughs) aspects of like dang near all of these. So tell us about the soloist. Okay, so the next one we're going to get into is the soloist. So um, the definition for that is um, sufferers who feel as though uh, they're asking for they're asking for help reveals their pioneers. Y'all have to edit this. Hold on. Asking for help with their pioneers. I was like, what is happening? not reading this right at all i was like pioneers that's what it says <laughs> i don't understand this so kidding me okay sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their pioneers pine <laughs> phoniness <laughs> let me see it so, no sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their phoniness are what you would call Paul, a soloist where did you get pioneers from <laughs> Um, the listeners will come to find out soon enough that she I can't spell. <laughs> I literally don't know how I've made it this far. I'm a horrible speller. Never Phonetics has not been on my side at any point in time. <laughs> and depending on the day, depending on the word, Sis had a little can't bit read too either. Much wine. <laughs> That's honestly probably what it is. Pioneers. Phoniness. Like, that doesn't even make sense. I know. That's why I had to stop and like really look at it. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. <laughs> okay. So basically, you like to do things by yourself. Asking for help puts you on the spot and it makes you feel as though you're a fraud. Um, so like fraudulent. I said, fraudulent. So like I said, a lot of these have a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might find yourself fitting into more than one. Of these categories you might not be yeah. able to um pick just one um but like some of the questions you might ask you might be thinking am i this person so some of the questions you could ask yourself to figure out if you identify with this um particular set is do you firmly feel that you need to accomplish things by yourself um yes yes See, a lot of look a lot of overlap i think i'm all of these i know i was yeah, very triggered reading all of them um you often say to yourself, I don't need anyone's help. Um, and if you do say that, try to figure out where you where you got that from. Oh, what? I think did that you might. Just give me a look. <laughs> I did. Wow, Superwoman. That sounds something like you might say. You'll ask me, you'll be like, sis, I'm looking at you. You don't got it. Are you okay? Yep. I don't got it, but I'm going to do it myself. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. I. And I'm still exploring that. I'm still. I'm happy you're exploring. Like I said, your therapist definitely has a therapist. Yes, I I have. I have awareness that I do this now. Yeah. That don't mean I do anything about it. Yeah, I did. Well, I need to. Honestly, I need to go back to therapy. But for a certain point in time, I was going to therapy for probably these imposter syndrome characteristics Mm -hmm. and just being like incredibly hard on myself. And I think I stabilized myself for the moment, and I was like, all right. Peace out. I don't need you no more, Derek. Bye. I'm good. <laughs> and now I'm like, just kidding, sis. I'll be back. Listen, I'm calling Derek tomorrow. It's Seriously, me. I need to email. Yeah. Uh, Derek, it's Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> coming back. I'm coming to you, client. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's the solace. So, like, basically feeling 
negative emotions around asking for help or feeling that that feeling like that makes you fraudulent in some kind of way and it doesn't sis. it really doesn't like sometimes we need help and it's okay even if the people around you make you feel like it's not okay to ask for help it's because they're struggling with their own imposter syndrome stuff it is okay to ask for help we live in a very like um, individualized culture at least in the united states myth of individualistic and that's a huge myth like we all need help sometimes so (laughs) we all need help (laughs) i need you to survive exactly we do we literally need like human interaction to survive so remember that attachment uh And that's probably going to be a whole episode in itself. I feel like that should just be like one of our like keywords on this show. Attachment. attachment. Drink every time we say attachment. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no, because then you're going to say pioneers again. There should just be like a thing every time we say attachment on this show. Oh, yeah, that'd be cute. Attachment. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the last um, type of imposter syndrome is the experts. So experts measure their competence based on what or how much they know or can do. Um, believing they will never know enough, they fear being exposed and it's inexperienced or unknowledgeable. Um, so I feel like a lot, of, like I said, so much overlap. I correlate a lot of these together. Mm-hmm. Um, I you feel like g- I experienced that a lot as a therapist. Yeah. 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 I think we all modern therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah. Doggone it. I feel like most therapists experience that, but I'm sure other professions experience this as well. Like lawyers. This is probably like court. the doctor's like go to imposter syndrome is like the expert. Yeah. Because we do, we rely so heavily on medical professionals mm-hmm. and their people. Yeah. And they make there's so much to know, they're gonna make a mistake. They're not going to know everything. So it is, I'm sure it's very difficult uh, doing that. Yeah. So sis or bro, if you're listening, know that if you find yourself falling into one of these categories, it's okay. It's okay because we are going to give you some remedies on how you can self-soothe and practice some self-compassion to kind of silence your inner saboteur as RuPaul would call it. <laughs> She's so <laughs> yeah. She's yes. So talk to your mentors, talk to your friends, because I guarantee you they're probably experiencing the same thing. If you ask, everyone will probably be like, yes. Same. Especially if you like look these up. Mm-hmm. People, I guarantee you every person in your life would be like, yes. Like, One of these is me for sure. Yeah. Like, probably I, all of them. I really love how like, you know, anything that anybody says now, everybody's like, same. Yeah. Same. Because it really is that we're so much more alike than we are different. Yes. We're all in together. Do the dance. And but I don't know the rest of the words. I don't know. Either. Either. I really was not a high school musical person. Get out. Okay. Well, Wait. then. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, talk to your friends. Talk to your mentors about it. You know, talk to you if it's your supervisor, your boss, somebody you look up to and ask them, you know, have you experienced this before? Or just be transparent and say, hey, I'm experiencing this. You know, I'm feeling really inadequate. I'm feeling like, you know, I'm not good enough or I don't belong in this space. And talk that out. Don't hold that in. Yeah. Mm. And then if you do that 
and you find that that doesn't work for you, maybe you can try celebrating your own accomplishments. So even if that means sitting down and going through a memory book or looking at awards that you've received and telling yourself like, I earned this award Obviously, someone saw fit for me to get this award other than someone else. Not to say I'm better than somebody, but to say, like, I'm not an imposter. That's one thing I personally struggled with that I'll talk to you about in a little minute. Um, but, yeah, celebrate your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And we I recognize that, like, these are all, like, way harder to – it's easier said than done. Like, yes. of course, you can say – Yes, because you can always find something wrong with the accomplishment that you've done. Because we tend to, like, downplay ourselves. Yes. Um, so it'll be like, yeah, I won that award, but, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, yeah, right. only, like, five people applied for it. So, like, my chances of, like, getting in or something were, like, right. not that high. But it's like... But you still got it. But you still got it. But and somebody else is at home wishing they got it. Exactly. So make sure you celebrate those accomplishments when they happen. Mm. I used to have an English teacher who used to tell me, like, I don't give A's, so you earn them. Okay. I've shifted my focus to thinking that I earn everything I get, good or bad. I earned it. And how I move gets me what I get. Mm, That's interesting. Say more about that. Shout out to Derek. What you mean? Just in general. Like, I'm particularly, I guess, like the bad stuff. Yeah, because it's hard for me to be like, uh uh. Uh-uh. See, I mean, I, I, said, I, I, I ain't asked for that one. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a side, that's a side bar conversation. But just thinking about like how my choices lead me to where I end up. Okay, yes. Okay. And like sometimes, like things happen to us that we don't like, and we're just like, uh, uh-uh, I didn't deserve this. And we might not have deserved it, but I see it as like, but I earned it because I my actions led me to here yeah and i have to take that self-accountability and that responsibility for myself and say look sis it's hard to be like uh like real with yourself and it's hard to like point out aspects of yourself that you know that are like not right not right it's problematic yeah we're all problematic in some yes like for sure for sure and i just want to like highlight the fact that this isn't like globalized like it's not everything that has ever happened to you is like somehow indirectly your fault that's not true but they we do make some decisions in our life that do lead us to situations that we didn't necessarily like right but like you have to step back and be like okay what did i how did i contribute to this exactly what's my role in what's playing out right now yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. because life is all about i feel like interactions and reactions exactly Okay, so something else that you can do besides celebrating your accomplishments and, like, vocalizing um, to people around you and asking if they're experiencing similar things is remembering what you do well. And I think that this goes along with, um, kind of goes hand in, hand in hand with celebrating your accomplishments. So reflect on the things that you have done well. If you feel like you're really good at math, remind yourself of that. If you feel like, you know what, I might not be that good at math, but I write really well. That's not a skill that everybody has. I'm an okay writer. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I can write, but like creative writing and stuff like that, nope, can't do it. So like there's everything, there's something about you that you do well that maybe a lot of other people don't do well. So, and even if other people do it well, so what? They don't do it like you. They don't do it like you. Exactly. So just 
highlight those things and remind yourself you could do like mindfulness and like a meditation and just like at night go over the things that you feel like you do well or in the morning before you like get up and you get moving you'd be like okay this is what I'm good at this is what I'm gonna do today like put it put it out into the universe I personally feel like there is something to like speaking it into existence um and whether you want to look at that as like a more spiritual thing or if you want to look at it as like law of attraction or just like I think we just behave differently when we think that it's going to happen and so if you think that you're the ish and that you're going to do it and that it's going to get done chances are to probably get done because you're like priming yourself to make decisions that will help you get to where you want to be. So just remember to, you know, remind you of how cool you are and like all the good things that you do. And something else, realize that no one is perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. The songs today. I, I don't know that song. <laughs> J. Cole? What was that a J. Cole? Me either. Whoops. Oh, uh-uh. 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 This is a J. Cole positive podcast. Well, I, I don't have anything was, negative to say about J. Cole. I thought it was a Disney. Nobody's perfect. Someone's starting to get it right. Oh, my God. You know what I don't even know what you're singing right now. It's from a Disney show. Nope. I don't remember. But, yeah. No one is perfect. We all make mistakes. Even yes. your role model has made mistakes to get to where they are. Michelle sure. Obama has made mistakes. Beyonce has made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Beyonce don't make mistakes. Yes, she does. Um, those thoughts are Kaylin's alone. We do not want the beehive coming for us Beyonce at all. Beyonce is perfect. No, she not. She is human. She has said that. Yeah, I know. But she dang near makes all the right decisions. That's fact. <laughs> flaws and all. Flaws and all. Well, how you look at her relationship with her husband, Mm-mm. you can see no. that as a flaw, or you can that. see that as like I'm gonna see that as I'm out of my business. I think they are a see? beautiful and resilient couple. Yes, they've been through a lot, and I think a lot of times it's a lot harder to like stay and work things out than it is to remove yourself sometimes depends on the situation never yeah. talk about that one session but yeah mm. Mm. but nobody's perfect yes we all make mistakes um if you're starting a new skill if you're developing a skill if you're sharpening a skill what have you remember that nobody gets it right the first time exactly i'd like to say i am proud of how our podcast is growing yes yes but our very first podcast i mean it wasn't perfect I mean, this one's not perfect. Somebody gonna listen to it and be like, that sucked. Oh, well, you still listen to it. You, you still listen to the something. whole thing, too. We're still gonna be back next week. Exactly. And <laughs> bigger and better than today. Exactly. Yeah, nobody's perfect. And I think that slides perfectly into the next, um, the next remedy, if you will. Yeah, yeah, which is basically being kind to yourself. And I know that sounds corny, but therapisty therapisty but like i tell my boyfriend that all the time i know he get mad being be kind to yourself and honestly it's something that i struggle with too um even as a therapist it's something that i think is necessary but we all struggle with that so mm-hmm. show yourself some grace like mia said no one's perfect so you're gonna make mistakes you're not gonna know everything 
But like not taking that so much to heart, not beating yourself up about that, just being talking positive self-talk like, you know what? That wasn't that good. Didn't do that well on that. But you know what? Next time. Or I'm going to take that as a learning experience. And now I know what I did wrong this time. So I won't do it again next time. Aaliyah said, at first you don't succeed. You can dust it up and try again. Wait, with with these songs today. (laughs) Did R. Kelly produce this one? I'm so concerned about Aaliyah's music because I love it. But now I don't know what he's produced and what he hasn't. Well... If so at first you don't succeed, then you sing it again. Okay. So I know we've talked about what imposter syndrome is, the five types of imposter syndrome, and we've provided you with some remedies for imposter syndrome. But like Brianna was saying, a lot of this is easier said than done. So I thought it would be really important for us to just sit down and have a real talk about imposter syndrome. And how we deal with it, how we experience it, and go from there. Because you're not alone at all. And that's the point of this podcast, is for you to know, like, you're not alone. And anything that we talk about, we all relate to some degree. Does anyone want to share first? Um, I think self-compassion. I mean, one, even knowing what that is. So, um, at a professor, Dr. Sadat Colvis. We got to get you on the show. Yes. Um, She is the first person I heard or even brought like self-compassion to like my scope of just even understanding like what it is. Sadai, I miss you. I love you. Please come on the show. Yeah, she was the first person that was like, be kind to yourself. Like the things that you're saying to yourself, would you say that to a friend? And that changed like my whole perspective on... How I talk to myself. I'm not saying that I still don't have negative self-talk because I definitely do. What does your inner saboteur tell you sometimes, if you don't mind sharing? That I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I don't work hard enough. I don't deserve it. You want to keep going? I mean, I, that- got, I, mean I got a list. <laughs> but I hear, I, I, in my brain, I hear all these things regularly. And sometimes I have to stop myself and be like, no, like... I deserve to be where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know, accepting that where I'm at right now is where I want it to be five years ago, yeah. give or take. Um, and my grad program, you know, we talked about this a little while ago. I did not feel like I belonged there probably up until the day I got my degree. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know, They maybe they made a mistake. They had to make a mistake. Um, but I did have a professor, um, Dr. Megan Murphy who told me that the reason that I got into the program, it had nothing to do really with even my skills. And I kind of want to touch on what Brianna was talking about earlier with like understanding like what you do well. Sometimes they're not hard skills. You know, she told me that, you know, when they sat down with me in the interview, she was like, you were just very easy to talk to. That's why we picked you. I'm like, that's it? Not my GPA. Did you feel a little invalidated with that though? Not really. Okay. Because I feel like in my interview, like my accomplishments were like acknowledged and highlighted or whatever, but they also accepted like my growth areas too. Mm-hmm. Um, but with her saying that, like I, me being like, I think all of us can relate to this, like being the academic, like we're looking at the things that's on paper, like yeah. my writing's good, my papers are good, my thoughts are good, like things like that, like everything I'm putting forth in academia, like this needs to be good. I want this to be accepted. This is my value right here. But just to hear that, like, you as a person were enough yeah. Yeah. for us to pick you. 
-hmm. We can worry about the skills later. We can fine tune those later. We can fine tune those later. It's because in reality, growing and developing. You're you didn't know what you were doing reach. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's there is no end point. You're always growing and evolving. You know, whether it's in work, personal life, whatever relationships. But it's just a hearing that you sitting in a room with you is why we picked you. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, what? Oh, what? Me? <laughs> it's yeah. like, how many times do you hear that throughout life? Like, never. You are enough. Never. We don't. And it's so important that we start to tell ourselves that and that we start to tell the people that we care about. Yeah. That they are enough as well. Like, at the end of the day, like, people aren't going to remember what grades you got on this paper or what award you won here or... Yeah, to our fellow students. Yeah. It literally like, doesn't matter. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> to care, like, what kind of car you drive or what kind of clothes you wear. They're going to remember, like, you as a person. Right. How you made them feel. My late great soror, Dr. Maya Angelou, said, <laughs> people will remember how you make them feel. And she has never said anything more truer than true. Hashtag Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I'm with that though. That's true. I feel it like is. even like people that I've met throughout my life, like I, from all walks of life, I mean, I feel like the most memorable people for me were not necessarily like top academics or people no. with a doctorate or had a gazillion publishings and things like that. Even it's the people, people you like, yeah, even the people you in some sort of way don't like. It's usually because of some way they made you feel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If, yeah, even on the flip side, I think yeah. that's a great way to think about it. Just yeah. how do you make people feel when exactly. you leave them? Yeah, exactly. I may not remember your name, but I remember how you made me feel. Exactly. Yeah. And if we spent more time focusing on being kind to ourselves and being good people, I feel like our imposter syndrome would go down tremendously. Like this phenomenon wouldn't be as large as it is. I think that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Not a fact. That makes sense. That's how I feel. I understand that. But for me, just piggybacking, piggybacking off of Mia, um, I struggled with imposter syndrome, like, like literally right out of, well, shoot, my first day. In, well, before we even started the program, honestly, um, I think I told you the story. You probably heard the story, too. Um, when Megan actually called me. Okay, for our listeners, let's backtrack. The graduate program that we're in, they only accept nine people in the country, okay? A lot of people apply. No, and the world, because they have international that's students. The world, okay? Yeah. Excuse me, you correct me, sis. No, the I'm world. about that nine. <laughs> listen. Um. <laughs> no, listen. So, I mean, they select a nice amount of people from the country, from the world, that's to come and interview and then they pick nine people and they call you like the next day after you interview to tell you if you got in or if you've been waitlisted or if they're gonna if you're just not in the program and Megan Dr. Megan Murphy called me and told me I got in the program and my first response was okay thank you and I hung up the phone and that was it and that imposter syndrome like it just came to me I called her back the next day and I was like, hello, this is Kaylin. Um, I think I talked to you yesterday and you told me I got into this program. Was I dreaming or did that actually happen? And she was like, no, I called you. And I was just like, 
Oh. All right. Me? See you. <laughs> like me? Like I like phone number, address is this? Like me? <laughs> and she was like, yes. So when they sent me my acceptance letter, like my uh, what's the word? Official. Yeah, my official acceptance letter. She wrote on it like this is real, <laughs> with a smiley face, and I framed it because as I navigated through the program. I was still convinced that this was like a really cruel, practical joke and Ashton Kutcher was going to pop out at any second. <laughs> like, you've been punked. You don't really go here. Sorry, sis. You should have known better. But I surrounded myself with like, well, well, the friends that I already had in place. So, like, shout out to Whitney. Shout out to Stephanie. Shout out to Angelisa. Shout out to... My boyfriend, shout out to my mama, my auntie, all them. Shout out, you know who you are. On top of, like, the people in my cohort that would remind me, like, no, like, you deserve to be here. You earned this. This is real. This is happening. Shout out to Joe. It's hip. It's happening. Do it. Just do it. And for me, like, even now, because I'm still not completely done with the program, because if I'm being honest, my imposter syndrome definitely got in the way. Of, like, my thesis process. And just, like, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. Researcher. You're not a researcher. Like, I'm published. I've won awards. I've finished all the classes. Done my externship, my internship. Taught undergrad courses. And for me, my imposter syndrome still told me, like, yeah, you've, you were good enough to do all those things. But a research study? You can't do that. That, No. Mm-hmm. You don't know the first thing from an independent variable and a dependent variable, which I don't. However, and <laughs> however, <laughs> I, comma. I can learn it. I have the book. I can look at it. So a big piece of like my like inner saboteur is just saying, you know, yes, what you want to research is great. However, this is way bigger than you. So therefore you can't do it. So my initial response was, well, I'm not going to touch this. And what I was saying, like, my choices led me to here. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't get to graduate with my friends. Because I let my imposter syndrome stop me. And I'm saying, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out. I'm going to go back to casework because I know I know how to do that. Hate it. But uh, I'm going to do that because I've been good at that. Where life is calling me in a different direction. Like, I have this talk with myself now all the time. Like, Kaylin, the caseworker, that's above me. Wait, is that right? It's above me now? It's above me now. Like, I don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I have the skill set to do more. And my imposter syndrome, my inner saboteur is like, no, but you're not ready. But I told my imposter syndrome, my inner saboteur, sis is ready. Sis is going to do it. Period. And that's it. We're going to get it done. Yeah. 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 That's my experience. Yeah, I think I actually, yeah, when I got called, Joe actually called me and I still have the message on my phone and I will not delete it. And I still have his text message because I didn't answer the phone because I was at work. (laughs) So I took a year off between undergrad and going to grad school. And so I worked and like I did, I definitely did think I was good enough to get in, but it's one of those things where it's like you're competing against you know, so many people. And when I got the call, obviously I was like really excited, but I did have that internal question about like, wait, what if it was the wrong number? 
Like, what if they meant to call somebody? What if they meant to call somebody else? So I had to, you know, call him back and talk to him about that. But, like, my experiences with, you know, the imposter syndrome is just kind of like, kind of like I said earlier, um, that whole, like, natural genius thing. I think that really caught up with me in graduate school. Um yeah and like things just like not necessarily going the way I would have wanted them to go or assumed they would have went or how I thought they should have gone and then me internalizing that as like a negative characteristic or trait about me or like I'm literally like just I'm just stupid Mm -hmm. like but clearly I'm just dumb I don't know what I'm talking about I don't know what I'm doing people do everything better than me like I need to make because I'm still in the thesis writing process so it's just like you know I know someone else is probably writing a better paper than me like uh, you just don't know what you're doing so those are kind of like some of the negative thoughts that I have about myself and it's honestly it's really interesting and it's almost contradictory because I would categorize my someone categorize myself as someone who has pretty high self-esteem um but those messages still come through mm-hmm. so it's very like contradictory but that's kind of like what my experience has has been like just like a lot of like negative self-talk and people telling me that like I'm good enough or like they could honestly tell me like no you're doing this great and I'd be like this is trash mm-hmm. like this is garbage <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about or you know sometimes your friends or like peers or even faculty will try to give you like pep talks about like mm-hmm. you as a person and you're just like it's in one ear and out the other. Yeah. You're like, yeah, but also I screwed this thing up a year and a half ago. And I'll literally, I'll hold on to it. And I'll be like, I'll still think about it. I'll be like, wow, I really screwed that one up. <laughs> and I can't, I just, I can't let it go. And so that's something that I was also working on in therapy. It's just like being nicer to myself um, and realizing that mistakes happen. And I'm still in the process of doing that. Like you feel like you make progress and then something else happens where you feel like you take like 10 steps back. You're like, well, (laughs) there's that. (laughs) But I think I am doing a little bit better with just being like relaxing a little bit more. And genuinely, I think this was a good experience for me because I'm genuinely too like mentally exhausted to do what I used to do. Mm. or to like to stay on top of things the way I used to stay on top of things so it kind of forced me to do things differently and I've seen now that that's not a bad thing like I'll still get it done but like I'd be the kind of person who would like write a paper in one day because like I need I was like I don't want to have to do it later but now I'm just like you came into the program you stressed me out and I'm supposed to be your mentor (laughs) (laughs) like sis what like I wrote my TLC three weeks ago huh yeah. yeah like my TLC do today and I haven't even started it I'm like I literally just started mine two hours oh ago. my gosh you both would stress me out I'd be like um excuse me to hashtag too much anxiety we did it literally yes. and it worked every and that's time. another thing like every everybody time. works at their own pace everybody grows and develops at their own pace and it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people and I think that the way things are set up that's just the way society is we yeah. just are you compare yourself to other people and it gets you down and it makes you think less of yourself but everybody's different so like some people work really good under pressure Mm -hmm. I don't 
I do not. Listen, I be like <laughs> frantic and anxiety filled. But you write so well, though. Thank you. You, do. you write really well. Thank you. That's like one compliment I will never be like, no, not me. Because I really do know I'm a really great writer. But I come, my, my aunt is a journalist. My mom was like very strict when it came to my penmanship, my verbal comprehension, if that's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just like my English comprehension, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or just my comprehension skills in general. My mom was like very, 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 very strict. Mm-hmm. So. That's and it's it turned from. you into a really great writer. Yes. Everybody be like, oh, can you edit this paper for me? Literally, low-key in my head, I'll be like, man, I should send Kaylin my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't want to send you my thesis. Like, yeah. But I thank you, ladies, for your transparency and your vulnerability with our listeners. Same to, to you. Share, yes, thank you for share sharing. our inner mm-hmm. saboteurs. But this is all, like I said, so everyone who's listening knows you are not alone. Like, we experience this as it's been echoed throughout the show, like your therapist has a therapist. But yes, no, you're not alone. Um, we wanted to leave you with a she, Shay quote of the week um, by Sharon Salzberg. Um, she said, you yourself, as much as anybody in this entire universe, deserve love and affection. And we want to encourage you to give yourself the love and affection that you give to other people. Especially when it comes to navigating your life while experiencing imposter syndrome love on yourself be affectionate with yourself be kind to yourself practice some self-compassion and remind yourself that nobody is perfect and nobody is you that is truer than true again hashtag dr seuss (laughs) (laughs) and remember that you're like not alone there's probably a lot of people who did I sing that one yet? I no, we haven't sung that one yet. <laughs> no, yeah. So you're not alone. There's a lot of people who are struggling, maybe not in the exact same way that you are, but, you know, be vulnerable with people around you, um, especially if you have friends or family members that you feel comfortable talking to about other things. I guarantee you, if you bring this stuff up, like, they'll be able to be supportive and they might even tell you that they're experiencing very similar, similar things. Yep. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up episode four of the Shenanigans and Shea Butter podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Shenanigans and Shea Butter for more updates. Also, follow us on Instagram at shenanigans.sheabutter.podcast to keep up with us throughout the week. Most importantly, make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe to the show. Come back next week to hang out with us. And as always, 